Welcome to the Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Great to be with you on the Advertising Show, being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production. Our special guest is Dr. Greg Steinberg today out of Nashville, founder of Corporate Champion Consulting. And uh, we'll talk with Greg for a few segments. We've also got, uh, coming your way here momentarily, uh, Patrick Meyer, our marketing insider, with Third Screen. We'll see what that's all about. And Jeffrey Gittimer, our infamous sales trainer, or famous sales trainer, I should say, is hmm. be the best that you can be. Go Army, or something yeah. like that, right? Great so, slogan. So that's uh, that's what we got. What do you have there? What is that? Well, you know, uh, this is this is a pretty cool deal here. When I first read this, I was getting upset, but then I realized it took a, an interesting uh, twist. Nine months after the public outrage derailed uh, O.J. Simpson's Harper Collins book project and the accompanying uh, Fox Television interview, a, a new publisher has bought the book deal, but there's a bit of a twist to it, Ray. Really? Uh, uh, the title, If I Did It, Simpson's Speculative Telling of How He Might Have Murdered, wink, wink, uh, Nicole right. Brown Simpson and, and Ronald Goldman will emerge intact, but an added commentary by Goldman's family. Simpson, which who was, of course, acquitted in 94, right. uh, lost a wrongful death suit brought by the Goldmans. Last month in a federal bankruptcy court, the Goldmans were awarded the rights to the book. So the publisher and the Goldmans reportedly will donate a portion of the proceeds to Ron Goldman's Foundation for Justice, and they're going to publish it. And then wow. they're going to put a little commentary in there. So uh, they're going okay. to make some money off of uh, uh, O.J. making a bit of a, what should we say, in our opinion, a fool of himself. Yeah. Don't well, want to get sued well, here. How, how, do you, how do you get out of that, what, what, what went on? It's just uh, it's t totally absurd. And it's, it's so absurd really that it'll probably it. sell. You and I wouldn't buy it, but it'll oh, sell because no. people will be titillated by it, and they'll mm -hmm. want to read about it, and it's just sick. But of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think the, the the forward's being written by Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. <laughs> that's very interesting. Congratulations yeah. to AdMob. Uh, boy, that's a really key thing to say right here. Is AdMob serves its five billionth mobile ad. That's more. Well, no, McDonald's has served more hamburgers. Five billionth. Yeah. Wow. It's now serving more than a billion mobile ad. Ads per month across its global network are more than 2,000 mobile websites with its 5 billion ads served, well, a couple of weeks ago. To mark the occasion, they opened a can of champagne. I mean beer. The uh, San Mateo-based mobile ad company released some information about the milestone. The ad was for Electronic Arts, the NCAA football game, the publisher CBS Sportsline, and the consumer was an AT&T subscriber using a, using a Motorola Razor. V3 telephone. So, hmm. wonder if that subscriber got anything, you know? Or the advertiser got a free ad. A free ad or a free Electronic Arts uh, game or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, it's kind of cool. So, five billion. There are a, mil a billion mobile ads per month. So, if you haven't been thinking about the Internet and or <laughs> alternative media for projecting your image, you might yeah. want to be thinking about that because it's not a bad idea, if you know Not a bad idea. Hey, we've got uh, Patrick Meyer here coming up. And uh, in just a few moments, Dr. Greg Steinberg, founder of Corporate Champion Consulting. This guy rubs elbows with the folks who play golf. 
Uh, Golf Digest. He has a, a show uh, and has been a speaker on there as well. He's also consulted with the uh, University of Florida men's golf team and the uh, uh, Vanderbilt men's tennis team as well. So the guy's a player, and uh, we'll have him on here in just a few moments. Patrick Meyer, our marketing insider. This is something about the third screen. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about what I call the third screen. It's a little bit of fast forward on where technology will be in fusion with marketing. 75 million cell phones are out there now. People are bailing on their home phones. 3G technology is coming quick. It's already there with some of the carriers, and it's delivering video over cell phones. So my question to you is, do you have the third screen built into your marketing plan? First screen is TV. Yes, it's true. The second screen is a computer screen, and many of you are still struggling over that. But the third screen needs to be there right with the first and the second one. Many of you are out there thinking, well, we do our network TV. We do our radio, our print. We do our in-store marketing, POS. What do I need the cell phone for? Why would I bring in this third screen? Well, I'm going to show you how and why you need to do that. The why is that millions of people are using it every day. It's their lifestyle communicator. It will be their lifestyle TV. It will be their iPod for music. It will be their everything. One day they will be buying soft drinks and other stuff, just walking up with their cell phone and a signal's emitted and they've made a purchase. That's why you want to be on their number one device in their world. The how is all about technology. What technology is near in that you can embrace over the next 12 to 18 months? but also keeping an eye on the future. So cell phones yield mobile episodes, SMS texting, promotions that are immediate, surveys, surprise and delight of new things that come your way, ringtones, images on wallpapers and screensavers, all on your cell phone. And there's more coming as 3G evolves. Now focus on the following things. Your next year's marketing plan and advertising plan, how can you bring the cell phone in as a third screen? You need to be working on them over the next six months for the following couple of years. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. It's Ray Shellens and Brad Forsyth on The Advertising Show, and uh, we've got, uh, let's see, Dr. Craig Steinberg coming up here in just a moment. Love the headline on this uh, this uh, article. It was out of Media Post. It says, entries pour in for Heinz Ketchup Commercial Contest. <laughs> and, they, and they did, apparently. Um, what they did, uh, some of the, um, they had people do their own commercials. Squelching a toddler's tantrum, inducing a state of bliss, uh, uniting an irate couple, uh, comforting a soldier abroad. The above are just a few of the uh, uses for ketchup on view at YouTube, where thousands submitted home-produced Heinz commercials, according to uh, the uh, agency Smith Brothers Advertising. Mm-hmm. 8,000 submitted. Half of that number are on YouTube. In addition, since the campaign launched, consumers have logged more than 2.3 million views of the spots. They've spent more than 80,000 hours watching them. Here is, you know, if you're, if you're, you're advertising, you've got to hear this. Again, that's amazing. 2.3 million views, 8,000 ads submitted. Do you know how much it costs to make a television ad? It didn't on, cost him anything. Yeah, on YouTube, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> eighty thousand hours spent watching these things—that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were lured by the chance to win fifty-seven thousand bucks, like the fifty-seven varieties in Heinz's mm. slogan. You know, it'll be interesting if, and I'm sure they're going to study this eventually and yeah. figure if there is any ROI, if there's any direct relationship between views of this kind of thing and consumer activity. But you know, who knows? 
But from a viewer standpoint, as you point out, from purely from a viewership standpoint, it's getting views. So yeah. you got to, yeah. They said basically uh, uh, Malibu uh, Caribbean Rum offered a $25,000 prize, uh, drew just 270 entries, 84 which of them qualified to be posted on YouTube. So hmm. that's a little bit of a difference, uh, 8,000 as opposed to... 270. I guess people who drink rum don't really like to make videos. <laughs> <laughs> they can't. Hung over. Right, they can't. Where's yeah. the camera? Hey, hey you know, Ray, when uh, today's show expands from three to four hours, as if three hours was not enough, right. uh, next month it will be uh, with several familiar hosts. NBC's will, will, of course, have today's news anchor Ann Curry, the national correspondent Natalie Morales, which yeah. you may know, and uh, Dateline correspondent Hoda Kotb. Oh. Or is it Kotb? Do not know. Anyway, they're, they're expanding from three to four hours was my point, and uh, my we're, goodness. We're out of time. Yes. Let's talk We're with Dr. Greg in just a minute here. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Schillens and Brad Forsyth. Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola, things go better with Coca-Cola, things go better with Coca-Cola, life is much more fun. And we are back here on The Advertising Show, as promised, with our special guest, Dr. Greg Steinberg, out of uh, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, this weekend. Uh, Greg is a speaker using interesting stories and anecdotes. Uh, Dr. Greg not only entertains but informs. He's a sports psych- psychology consultant. Golf Digest uh, voted him one of the best, uh, the, well, I should say, the great golf masterminds in the world. Also a media personality. And he's got one more thing to add to this list of uh, being uh, on radio shows and such. A frequent guest on CNN Fox News Live, the Golf Channel. Dr. Greg discusses the uh, mindset of a champion. Also, an author, uh, which includes Metal Rules of Golf, Flying Lessons, and the upcoming Slam Dunk Sales. So, Dr. Greg, welcome to the Advertising Show. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, and you know, Ray, you're a, you're a huge golf fan. I like to say I'm not a golfer, and I like it that way. Maybe you can get a few tips from Dr. Greg before we uh, well, finish up. Not our... only that, but but a, a pilot here too. Greg, are you a pilot as well, or what? Uh, no, I'm afraid of flying. But besides that, uh, he gives golf. flying lessons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let's jump into this, uh, Greg. Your company, Corporate Champion Consulting, focuses on how athletes can be looked up to as a way for people to succeed in the business world. Which aspects of the sports uh, uh, world translate to the business world most easily? Well, I, I think it's all about the principles of success. The principles that work for Tiger Woods or Michael Jordan or whatever sport it is, the ones that make them successful, the ones that help them deal with pressure and help them keep their concentration and confidence, really relate to uh, the business world. And so the principles that work for success work across all venues. Well, you know, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of news lately, scandals about professional athletes, and uh, of course, Michael Vick comes to mind. Did these high-profile screw-ups, if you will, negate any of the practices you promote, Greg? Well, of course, it's hard to promote sport as the overall uh, teaching tool, especially when we have all the scandals behavior. But actually, uh, it's it's really good life lessons because what it says is, hey, look, these guys are just professional athletes they do this for a living and they're human beings with human frailties they're not superheroes let's not treat them as superheroes let's just treat them as professional athletes doing a job 
You know, and I don't know. I, I've heard that a lot with athletes and uh, over the past uh, decade or so where it's almost as if, and this is just a personal take on that, it's almost as if, um, although it's true, you, you, they do reflect the rest of society, there was a time when athletes were looked up to, and I don't know if that was because the media was not so probing and that their yeah, frailties no. were, were not in the news so often, but uh Today, uh, athletes tend to beg off of that role and, and, and say, look, I don't want to be a role model. I'm just an athlete making millions of dollars and look up to somebody else. Well, Charles Barkley did say that a couple of years ago, and he's trying to make a point that he is just a professional athlete and I shouldn't be a role model, but of course they are role models. I'm sure they are. And we have good role models and bad role models in sport, and I think with the 24-7 take of the media and they're probing into everything, it is true that we're going to find out more about people and and they are people but if you just look at for example tiger woods what a great role model he is yeah really uh, i mean amazing role model um, just for instance when he came on tour he started the tiger woods foundation and and now that he created a a, a facility in los angeles where for underprivileged youth they can learn music and physics and a little golf and basically he's he's given back to the community and, and ultimately to the world yeah. Tiger was interesting a couple of weekends ago. He virtually ignored his opponent, a guy who had had some not-so-nice things to say about Tiger's capabilities. So basically, Brad, I know you probably didn't watch it, but, uh, but Tiger just uh, stone-cold ignored in the whole 18 holes and uh, of the final round and, and, of course, won the tournament. I think it was a Firestone or something. But uh, it's interesting to see his exteriors getting not only uh, more performance-oriented but a lot harder core than it used to be as well. Hmm. Yeah, and there's some lessons, I think, for, for people to take away in, in uh, that positive behavior as well. Yeah. I'm curious, Greg, what made you decide to create your company and share your insights into the business world relative to sports? Well, the, I saw there was a, a niche, in a, you might say, in a sense, but really it was a need more than a niche. And I, and I think the need is that the principles of success, and we can easily look at them in sport, apply to all performance venues, whether it's academics, whether it's business, and I wanted to share that knowledge with the business world. I wanted to show what makes an elite athlete successful and then apply that to the business world. And, you know, you mentioned in, in some of your materials that athletes, uh, you know, I guess the term is sometimes are in the zone. They're totally immersed uh, in the moment, if you will, at, at, at whatever it is that they're performing at. I'm curious, how does this drive uh, that we see in athletes today contribute positively to the daily lives of business people? Well, I think when you, when you look at what creates athletes to get in the zone, uh, it's a calm state usually, but people would say, oh, I was really energized, calm, and focused. Well, we can take that same knowledge and then help uh, apply that to a business person, whether they want to get into the zone when they're talking to clients or whether they're doing a, a speech to their colleagues, whatever it might be, when we know what causes athletes to get in the zone, we can apply that same those same principles to, to business people. Well, maybe this would be a good place to talk about, uh, in particular, one of your key points during your seminar that you make during your mental rules of golf. Uh, one of the one of the uh, uh, areas that you focus in on is you, you talk about the. Uh, benefits of when someone actually is able to slow it down and and not go at breakneck speed and and more importantly who can work effectively uh, by being more focused. Talk a little bit about that. 
Well, we're, we're a multitasking world right now, and we like to do five things at once, listen to our iPod, work on the computer, and then also maybe talk on the phone all at once. And so what we're doing is we're, we're practicing being distracted. And then when we really have to focus, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to totally immerse, our, immerse ourselves in the moment. And so what we have to do is we almost have to retrain our mind to be focused, to be in the moment. If you, if you listen to every great athlete, they always say, when I played my best, I was immersed in the moment. I was totally engaged in the moment, totally engaged in the process. And so what I try to do with business people is help them retrain their mind to be in the moment. And for instance, and an exa- and as an example, I, I, I tell them to use a trigger word like, be here now. And every time they find their mind wandering, they have to say this trigger word or trigger sentence be here now and it pulls them back to the moment and so when they are talking with their wife or husband or when they're talking with their kids at home and they find their mind wandering they say be here now and they pull all their attentional focus to that moment and then what they do is they can find their focus when they're in at the business situation so when they find their mind drifting in the business situation they can say be here now and it comes back easier and so you have to train your mind in all situations to focus in the moment. And the problem is we're, we're training our mind to be distracted. You mentioned how athletes channel negative energy to, for to making a, a positive change, and you relate this to the business world. Talk a little bit about that, Greg. Well, athletes, what they do is they, they label anxiety as a positive. So if you look exa- as an example of Tiger Woods, he, he, he's nervous, and he said he's been nervous over putts, but he labels that as a positive. He sees that as a, uh, excitement. He sees that as a challenge. And so what he does is he changes that negative energy into a positive. How we label situations changes our emotions. And that can relate to the business world because basically let's say you have a client who's draining and you see that client as a challenge, as a challenge to stay, to, to stay patient, to stay tolerant, to stay focused. And if you see that as a challenge, it will it will reinterpret your um, emotions. It will change your emotions. And so, how you label the situation directly channels your could channel your negative energy into a positive, just like athletes do. What a great opportunity to uh, to take a break for you, first of all, and a great point. Well, Dr. Greg, Greg Skeinberg is our very special guest out of Nashville, the founder of Corporate Champion Consulting. That's one thing we failed to mention as we got uh, Greg on the air here. It's uh, CorporateChampionConsulting.com, and we've got more with Greg here in just a moment on the Advertising Show. Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications, and it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Don't use Comet. 
Josephine, is there a better cleanser? Yup. New Super Comet with Chlorinol 3. It gets hey, thanks for coming back on the advertising show. It's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. And our special guest out of Nashville is Dr. Greg Steinberg, founder of Corporate Champion Consulting. Greg, welcome back to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, on your uh, res- on your bio here, it says that uh, under the professor category that you are well-liked by all your students. <laughs> Which student was it that wrote that? The one I paid. His, fa- yeah. his favorite one, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. let's jump back in this. And by the way, let's talk a little bit about your, your uh, company for a second, what we call the shameless plug for our guest, uh, Corporate Champ- uh, Champion Consulting, which is uh, – uh, available for anyone interested uh, to go to corporatechampionconsulting.com to learn more about Greg's company. Uh, you're a, a speaker. What, what kind of topics do you find uh, that you're covering when you go out to speak to uh, corporate America today? You, usually I talk about how to get into the flow, uh, managing energy, and controlling your emotions. Uh, it really depends on the audience. I do a lot of talks for HR. If I do a talk for HR, a lot of times they want me to talk about uh, flow, get into the flow. Uh, I do a lot of talks for sales groups and financial advising groups. And in that case, they like to talk about managing energy because a lot of them are go, 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 and they want to learn how to be more productive with their energy cycles. Do you ever uh, touch on, uh, for example, with the financial world, I would think competitiveness would be something that – you know, it's as if individuals are competing against Wall Street or uh, competitors within business. Is that a topic uh, that you addressed? Well, competitiveness as in um, what maybe perhaps maintain your confidence in terms of the up and down world of the uh, financial cycles that we go through because it's easy to lose confidence. It's easy to lose your cool and your emotions when, when uh, the market has taken a downward spiral like it has of late. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, you know, you talk about flow and attaining peak performance in life, and one of the principles of, for finding your flow that stood out to me was bullet, bulletproof your confidence. I, I think a lot of us in the ad business can relate to this. It seems that, at least in the sports arena, Greg, that confidence sometimes translates uh, to arrogance. Why do you think this is? Well, I think I think you want to be confident enough to um, to be bulletproof in the sense that you want to always – uh, have high self-esteem, but you don't want to be arrogant in the sense that you you believe you're the smartest person in the room, and that you're not going to listen to other people. And I think that's that's really the difference between arrogance and confidence. If you look at, for example, Tiger Woods, he's very confident, but he's not arrogant. He'll listen to other people in order to change his swing and become better, but he's bulletproof with his confidence. So let's say in a, in the business world that you have confidence, but you've been interpreted maybe as being arrogant. How, how do you monitor yourself to draw the line, or is that just some ego-related thing? What, what's going on there? Well, I think that relates to emotional intelligence. Daniel Goldman talked about emotional intelligence. Really, there were four components, managing, being aware of your emotions, managing your emotions, being aware of the emotions of others, and managing their emotions. And I think if you want to be successful whether it's the business world or any world that you that you focus your attention in, you have to have high uh, emotional intelligence, which means you have to be aware of other people's emotions and be empathetic and realize how your actions are affecting them. And when you're aware of that, then you're going to be successful. You know, in the in the business world, as well as uh, sports, I guess, the, the world uh, seems a bit structured and formal. You've got your head coach and you've got your players and you've got the boss and the 
and the workers. I'm curious, are there benefits to maintaining a more casual, friendly, and open relationship between managers and staff? Oftentimes we hear the term, back to sports for a moment, uh, he's a player's coach, uh, and, and oftentimes they're, they're great performers within that environment. But yet, on, other, on the other hand, often we hear that uh, successful teams have uh, hard-nosed coaches that are not easy to get to know and very difficult and structured and and uh, challenge their players and expect a lot out of them. Which is the right way to go? Well, I don't think there is a right way. If, if you look at two examples, I went to Florida State where we have Bobby Bowden as the football coach who's very laid-back, kick-back, good old boy style. And then I also went to University of Florida and where Steve Spurry was the football coach. He was a lot more controlling, more uh, regiment. And he, um, he was very successful, and so was Bobby Bowden. I, I think what happened is they also had assistant coaches that uh, fulfilled the need of uh, of what they were lacking. But it also, if you look at coaches' styles, there's so many different coaching styles who are successful. I think the best coach, the best manager, knows how to manage individuals. And that's what it's all about. It's it's not your coaching style. It's really how you manage individuals, and, and that's the secret. So, so describe for us some of the characteristics that you would consider important to being a great leader today. Well, I think being a motivator is key. But if you ask me, I think one of the things that we're looking at of late in the success psychology is, is really about strengths. I think one of the keys of being a great leader is tapping into someone's strengths letting them find their strengths and, and really being aware of those strengths and then allowing them to use that strength strength not so much decreasing the weakness because that's kind of negative energy the focus is let's emphasize this person's strength and let them use their strength to the best of their ability because that's when they're going to get in the zone in the flow that would never happen on the office okay greg it's uh, rachel and brad forsyth on the advertising show with uh, dr greg steinberg out of Nashville this weekend, we've got another segment with Greg, and we'll do that in just a moment. Stay with us. How can 18 different companies all sell the exact same thing known as water? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most thought-provoking, groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. Your job demands you not only have good ideas, but great ideas. And those great ideas have to start somewhere. And that somewhere is in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. How can you get someone's attention if you don't have $10 million in a celebrity endorsement? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most innovative and groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. The next big idea demands out-of-the-box thinking. Start your search for greatness in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. Dippity-doo. You. Dippity-doo. For setting your hair. Dippity-doo. Rollers. 
Meyer back for a final segment here with our special guest out of Nashville, Dr. Greg Steinberg. It's uh, The company is called, it's called uh, Corporate Champion Consulting. I'm curious, when you say mental rules for golf flying lessons and the upcoming slang dunk sales, those are different books. Is that right, Greg? That's correct, yes. Okay, good. I, I know when I'm flying, I like to be there <laughs> because if I'm not, I probably won't, something like that. Anyway, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, since you're a golfer, Ray, maybe uh, Greg will send you mental rules for golf, and uh, uh, you can check that out, and it'll improve your game to uh, what would that be? Uh, An 18 handicap. 18. That's fine. Well, there you go. But, but you know what? I have fun, so that's fine. That's, you know, the old, the old joke is when um, you're at a party or on a radio show and they tell you you're an 18, yeah. you're, you're really a 26. <laughs> right. so when, you're on the, when you're on the first tee and he tells you you're an 18, you're really a <laughs> Eight. Exactly, right. exactly, especially when the money comes out there, right? <laughs> so, so in Ray's case, he's broadcasting from the uh, ninth uh, green today, so which mm-hmm. way are we going here, Greg? Uh, you know, you talk about uh, how to diversify one's interest to find a better balance with a clearer perspective on the business world. I think a lot of people today, Greg, uh, certainly anyone that's been in business over 20 years, sometimes get it's in a rut, and they find that there's... Uh, I don't know, a predictability of their life and their business world and so forth. Uh, how do you diversify to get uh, more balance in your life? Well, it's really about gaining self-esteem points. I think you have to gain self-esteem points from a variety of different venues and areas in your life, whether it's hobby, activities, or what you do in, in the business world, whether you perhaps you, you need to start writing articles about your field or, or speak uh, professionally to groups about your expertise. Uh, I think the goal is when you diversify, you, you're feeling good about yourself from a, a variety of different areas, and so you don't get stale. Or do a radio show, right, Ray? Exactly right. Exactly. Yeah, and, Go ahead. And you also talk about creating an energy plan to streamline one's energy and uh, to prevent burnout. Burnout, I think, is something that... Uh, a lot of people in, in high-pressure jobs, whether it's uh, advertising, marketing, financial sure, world, whatever, yeah. uh, that have to deal with from time to time. How do you how do you create a, an energy plan, Greg? Well, our energy cycles from from high to low, and I think the, the secret is not only be aware of your energy cycles, but capitalize on those energy cycles. For instance, you could map out for a week where your where your highs and lows are in terms of your energy cycle, maybe rank it from 0 to 100, 100 being the best, 0 being the, being totally flat, let's say, in terms of energy, and find out where you're peaking. Maybe you're peaking in the morning, and you're also peaking late in the afternoon. And once you find out your highs and lows, usually we peak around the same time every day, but we, it can change from day to day. But, for instance, I peak in the morning, and I peak late at night around 8 to 10 in terms of my, my creative energy. Hmm. And I'm a writer, so what I do is now I know I need to write at those times because... I'm going to capitalize on my high energy. If I try to write when I have a low cycle, maybe in the middle of the day, I'm kind of wasting my time. It's the same kind of uh, thing with a, a business person. If they know when, they're, when they have high energy, maybe they need to schedule their most important clients during those high energy periods so they can capitalize on those. And when they have low cycles, because we, we all cycle through low cycles, maybe we want to just do moderate activities where we kind of like we might say percolating 
until we get back to those high energy cycles and capitalize on those high energy cycles again. You know, i got to tell you a funny story real quick here, Brad, about a golf event that we did in Florida, in Fort Lauderdale. We were we were taping a $10,000 hole-in-one contest, right? Hmm. It was not a long hole. It was about 150 yards, and you ought to be able to hit the green and maybe get it close to the hole. But nobody could do that. Nobody. A golfer after golfer after golfer. And, of course, as the day goes on and the events wear on, these guys are drinking more and having much more fun. And uh, so finally, there's this one guy who comes up, and I, I don't know whether he was drunk, but he says, ah, I'm going to go hit that guy. See the guy in the golf cart driving by the green there? I'm going to hit that golf cart. So I'll be doggone if the guy, this the golf cart is moving. The <laughs> guy takes a club, takes a swing, and the ball lands on top of a moving golf cart. But nobody could hit this $10,000 hole-in-one. Go figure. <laughs> Wrong energy, huh? He, he relaxed into it, I guess. Uh, Relaxing is a good thing, yeah. yeah. Well, the golf cart is bigger than the golf hole. That's true. True, but I'm talking about people even hitting the doggone green at this point. You know, come on, guys, just put one close to the green. Yeah, and you know, uh, you mentioned uh, that you peak early in the morning and late at night. Ray's wife, Kathy, no, tells you, me that so Ray peaks late at up. night as well, so it's uh, similarities <laughs> I, you there. You know, it's funny. I thought you were going to say that, but I thought you were going to say that about Greg, but that's <laughs> well, not a problem. I don't know Greg's wife. Right. I don't even know if Greg's is married or not. <laughs> Real quickly, we just have a minute left not here, anymore. less than a minute. Well, we're out of time, huh? No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Real quickly, what, what do you hear uh, university students talking about as far as the business world since you're a professor? Well, I think they just think it's getting more and more competitive, and I, I think that's true. The, you know, it's a supply and demand issue. There's only so many jobs, and the supply is um, getting more. There's more students coming out and, and less jobs, and so they're just feeling more and more pressure uh, in terms of the comp- competitiveness of getting a good job that they want. Well, I'm glad to hear that because not so long ago, uh, students were coming out thinking they deserved a job. Now they're they're a little more competitive. Good, hiring something is a good thing. Yeah. Hey, Greg, uh, continued success with your company, Corporate Champion Consulting, at uh, corporatechampionconsulting.com, and uh, thanks again for being a guest on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. You love double mint gum. Double good, double good, double mint gum. Double fresh flavor. Many thanks to our guest today on The Advertising Show. His name is Dr. Craig Steinberg. He was born with the name Doctor, actually. He's not really a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Founder of Corporate hey, Champion Consulting. So he does a lot of cool stuff as well with uh, sports and uh, with, yeah. the, with the golf and such. So he definitely piqued my interest. Hope he did uh, your way as well. Um, Bill Bruce is next, uh, next week's guest on the show as we get into September. Would, and let's see, September, it would be the seventh anniversary of the, uh, is that right? Yeah. Uh, no, mm-hmm. sixth anniversary. No. Uh, yes, I'm sorry, sixth. You're sixth right. or seventh. Yeah, uh, Bill Bruce is chairman and chief uh, creative officer of BBDO out of New York, and uh, Bill will be with us next week on the advertising show. We've got uh, Gittimer. Uh, we have Gittimer? Yeah, Gittimer coming up here in just a, a moment or so. You got something there? Yeah, Ray, you'll be happy to know that the Victoria's Secrets fashion show will be back on primetime this oh, winter. Boy. CBS. <laughs> CBS hopes to ease worries about too many kitties seeing uh, the all-sexy lingerie event. CBS will right, air right. on December 4th. Set your TiVos at 10 p.m. Eastern. The program returns uh, after being temporarily replaced by the Angels Across America Tour in 2004 in the wake of the infamous 
Jackson's, uh, Janet Jackson's uh, nipple oh, incident, or what yeah. we call nipple gate here on the show. Uh, Justin Timberlake uh, headlined last year's special, uh, and there's no word yet as to what sort of musical accompaniment is on tap for this time around. I know that's why you and I tune in, the musical accompaniment. Absolutely, yeah. I yeah. thought you were watching the Fruit of the Loom fashion show. When weren't you watching that? Uh, that's on. Uh, that's in between the tractor pull on TLC. and yeah. the outdoor yeah. channels. Uh, RFD TV. Gone fishing show, <laughs> yes. <laughs> We've got Jeffrey Gittimer on the advertising show now. Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. In order for you to be the best you can be for others, first, you have to be the best person you can be for yourself. If you want to be the best salesperson, first, you got to be the best person. If you want to be the best dad or the best mom, first you have to be the best person you can be for yourself. When you achieve best for yourself, then and only then can you be your best for others. Now, I know it's got a kind of a selfish twinge to it, but if you think about it long enough, you're going to come to realize that your shortcomings in all of your endeavors stem from the fact that you're not being the best person you can be for yourself. You know, I hear a lot of people say in conversations to one another, I gave you the best years of my life. What would you do that for? They were the best years. Why wouldn't you keep them for yourself? You see, if you focus on being your best person first, you're not making a sacrifice for anybody else. You're giving them the blessing of you. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. That's very good. He should coin that phrase. Wait, I think he did. Trademark. On the advertising show, it's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Remember, Bill Bruce is next with uh, next with uh, with us next week. I should say, Chairman and Chief Creative Officer of BBDO uh, out of New York. And out of uh, Ad Week here, it says old men still. Oh, wait, that's old media still resonate. Oh. Uh, it says, how, how do different generations use media? That was the question of a, a study released last week by Deloitte and Touche Technology Media and Telecommunications Practice, drawn from a group of uh, 2,200 consumers, 13 to 75 years old. That's getting up there. The uh, top-line findings of the state of the media democracy offered hope for traditional media and yielded some fresh insights into new media trends, uh, according to Ed Moran, who's the director of the product innovation there. Uh, for example, consistent across all generational segments, millennials, uh, 13 to 24, is Gen Xers, 21, and so on and so forth. Nearly three-quarters of consumers said they enjoy magazines, even though they acknowledge being able to read the same publications online. Okay, and despite their widespread embrace of new media platforms, a trickle-up effect on older consumers. The tendency was uh, even prevalent, 71% among the millennials, according to Moran. And he also said he was impressed with the real popularity of user-generated content, 
uh, particularly in terms of its widespread demand survey shows, survey shows that over 51% of all Internet users consumer, consume user-generated content across generations. And there's, uh, let's see, TV still a core activity, and there's a whole bunch more there. It's kind of cool, though. So I'm sure that's a big book, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and if they're doing, if they're interested in magazines, uh, they're one of the few uh, groups that are because magazines yeah. are taking a big hit. We'll talk more about that next show, maybe. Okay. Hope you enjoyed the show today. The advertising show is powered by Shippel.com. That's Ed Shippel and his crew out of Houston do an incredible job with a platform called Tendency. It's S-C-H-I-P-U-L. Everybody say it with me now. Shippel.com is cool. Go check it out. Along with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, we hope you visit the site often and check out what not only is has been done recently, but go back a few years as well. The Advertising Show, being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit them online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production.